everybody. Welcome to Triple Feature. Woo-woo-woo. <laughs> um, my name is Emma. I'm Freddie. And I'm Seabear. I almost forgot to say my name. <laughs> and together, the three of us make triple feature because there's three of us. Um, math. The math <laughs> For is you mathing. math blasters out there. <laughs> the only podcast with three people. The yeah, only the one. only one. There Maybe. are no The others. only one. Yeah. Um, nope. So we get to have the name triple feature because of that. So um, anyway, uh, <laughs> last week... <laughs> We started the month of January's theme of mockumentary with Freddie's pick. This is Spinal Tap. So if you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. Um, we're going to continue the month of January's theme of mockumentary with Connor's pick, Surf's Up, later today, later in this episode. I don't know why I said today. Later in the ep. <laughs> Later in the ep. I mean, te- yeah. Technically, it is not an incorrect statement. Well, yeah, I'm just, you know, I have to get used to podcast jargon, you know? Podcast so. jargon. <laughs> they should make a book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, that'll be later in the episode. Look forward to that. Before we do that, let's get into some things we've been watching. What have we watched recently? Connor, get us started. What have you watched since the last time? Give us a down low. We were <laughs> recording. A uh, lot of rewatches, but I'll start with the only first time watch for me, which is Inside Lewin Davis from 2013. Woo. Uh, this is a Coen Brothers movie. I watched this because, shout out to my brother who is listening. He got me the criterion for this for Christmas. Um, cause I told him here are the movies that I want and then throw in a wild card. And then he said, because he didn't know anything, he had to get help. <laughs> so he recommended <laughs> this movie and it's a pretty good movie. Also, it is on the Criterion's, uh, channel, uh, for cat movies. Oh so my I also God. wanted to watch it because, uh, I was interested in that sub, it uh, collection movie. that they have right now. I just um, have to but do... Yeah, I just have to say one quote in regards to this being a cat movie, which is, where's his scrotum, Lewin? Where's his scrotum? Okay. Big, but yeah, big, I, big comedy right there. I, I liked it. I don't think it's the best Coen Brothers movie I've seen from them, but it's definitely like the most different out of like their, what you would like, quote unquote expect from them this this definitely feels like a if it was like a one person director it feels more a personal movie in in a sense Mm. um it still has their their quirkiness and everything like like the comedy that they were explaining and stuff and the whole adam adam driver bit is so funny yeah um (laughs) but like bit is very funny yes but like it like, if I'm comparing it to other Coen Brothers movies, it's like, yeah, like, I, I think Fargo really nails it to me. Of like, But that's also because, like, being, like, a Midwesterner, like, it just hits harder. But with but with this one, it was, like, it's really good. And it's something of, like, I don't know what else to say than just it's really good. Like, well, like, gonna... like, it's well done filmmaking, well done everything. It's just, like, like, it's... it. 
it's like comparing two like masterpieces of art next to each other and being like, which one's your favorite? It's like, they're still masterpieces. So like with like their filmography, it's like, it's hard to be like, well, this one's my least favorite, but it's still like a nine out of 10, you know? Well, so sure, it's just sure. like, I'm not going to let you move on to your next well, recently watched without saying that. I think that this is the best Coen brothers movie. And it's and it's not because like there's a difference between what's the best and what's your favorite and this is my favorite. Yeah, um, that's and, just like your opinion. Yeah, man. but that's just my opinion, man. Yeah. Um, oh, and I'm not saying you're wrong to too. Like that's the later. thing. It's like, like yeah, um, like I'm not saying you're wrong because yeah. like I can no, see I that. Just, like that. Like it's it's good. And it's like I'm not gonna be like wonderful. oh like how could you like, like that movie? It's really wonderful. I love the um, cinematography, but. I what I really love is how much the Coen brothers love folk music um, and the movie that made me fall in love with the Coen brothers is Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Saki Bottom Boys. Yes. And then the music in that film and then and then they turn around, you know, and 13 years later and they've made other incredible films since then. I mean, honestly, if we're going to say what their best movie is, it's probably No Country for Old Men, but Yes. This is my favorite. Like this is this is the movie that just like really brings it home for me. I love the Bob Dylan like homage and just I I'm a I love folk music and so Americana shit like that like it gets me going. Um and so yeah, I I do. I love this um um this movie. So uh yeah. It's what one of those. It? It's one of those things where, like, you like you can sit and try to argue yeah. about like <laughs> what is technically the best Coen Brothers movie, but like it's. Uh, I mean, it's still an art form. Like, it's uh, like yeah. we can sit here and argue what's technically the best, but what gives you the most enjoyment as like a movie watcher is going to be far more important yeah. than, you 100%. know, oh, this technically has like the best cinematography and the best editing <laughs> and the best lighting. And it's like, okay, but when uh, when the dude gets hit in the face with a coffee cup, that <laughs> shit makes me laugh every time. <laughs> like, <laughs> Or in Oh Brother Where Art Thou where John Turturro is in the movie theater and he goes, we, we thought, thought you was, was a toad. <laughs> Gets me every yeah. fucking time. I'm a Dapper Dan man. Because <laughs> yeah, because like, like we're saying, it's like, a, like we're saying, like a lot, a lot of these are like most, like, uh, like really good movies, and it's just like. Yeah. It just all depends on like what you rank. Cause like if like Oh Brother Where Art Thou, I don't really connect with it, but that's because like I'm not really an Odyssey type of person. Mm. And so like like I don't really connect with it that way. I still think it's funny and all these things, but I don't really go with it. Whereas like I love the big Lebowski or again like Fargo and even like Burn After Reading. And and it's just like a lot of those are like really good. But again, it's just like it's comparing apples to oranges. Where it's yeah. like, I mean, like, they're both good. Like, yeah. honestly, I don't think the Coen brother, brothers have ever made a bad movie. Um, this motherfucker don't miss. Don't literally. miss. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, wait, with this, like, shout out to Cole. Thank you for this movie. I'm Merry glad Christmas. to add it to the collection. <laughs> and yeah, like, it's great. Cool. Um, shout uh, out Cole. Other than that, I, I, I put it on here because technically it was a watch but i watched uh lilo and stitch even though like i 
missed like five minutes of the beginning and I pretty much missed the ending. But I pretty much got the the gist because it's a rewatch. But Lilo and Stitch is still great. Yeah. Uh, it's Very it's a classic. Movie. The animation in that is so great of like just like the little gags and side gags that they do with Stitch and Lilo like as characters like. It's really good and yeah, very pretty. Um, other than that, uh, I am trying to reorganize my top shit list. Um, and so with that, I rewatched uh, Talk to Me and Bottoms with Tasha. Love it. And Talk to Me, still a banger. Tasha yeah. loved it. Uh, and then, yeah, Bottoms, probably one of the best comedies of the year. Other yeah. than Barbie, but like it's no, I mean, like, I think that they're both in the conversation for the year of comedy yeah. that 2023 is. Yeah. yeah, like Bottoms to me is like so game changing to me. Like what when I first saw Book Smart, where I just love it so much. Like I'm like this movie nails it. Yeah, and I like I can't get enough, can't get enough of it, and I love just the bit of them wearing the full football the football outfit <laughs> in class is so funny and you can I, hear the cleats yeah. too the, like the, it's the so good of, the bit of like the the football player that's in a cage in the back of the classroom <laughs> i'm just like Jesus, so that is that and then funny. i just have to mention with bottoms shout out to marshall lynch like really a great performance like, like this dude like we need him in more stuff because like he's comedic gold the fact that he doesn't realize that he's comedic gold is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then with Talk to Me, it's just a true triumph. I, I think I'll talk about it more, hint, hint, later at the end of the the month. Um, but yeah, like it's just a true like underdog story of the real making of the movie that I just love and everything. And then finally, uh, after watching Spinal Tap, I'm like, you know what I need to rewatch? Pop Star because <laughs> god damn when our conversation of spinal tap i'm like yeah i'm like that's just pop star and then rewatching pop star i'm like yeah they shouldn't make a spinal tap too because spinal tap 2 is just pop star <laughs> like it literally it literally is like this the quote-unquote sequel and it's yeah. just pop star is everything that like you would have done if they did make a sequel and if they are still making a sequel to Spinal Tap, it's going to be something of like, I don't think it's going to be as good as Popstar. And to me, like Popstar is the culmination of everything that I love about Lonely Island. I love Lonely Island. I've loved them since my dad, me and my dad watching SNL. They were the first band that I listened to the album front to back, getting it uh, from the library and burning it onto my iPod. Yeah, I like do the impressions of Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg like like that's my like oh like I don't have a duet partner so I'll sing both parts and I have to do it in their voices <laughs> um and then yeah like they're just everything and pop star is just like one of the one of the best comedies of that decade of the yeah. 2010s like it is so good and then for them to follow it up with this next watch the unauthorized bash brothers experience it's just like they perfected not even just mockumentaries, but they perfected like mockumentaries slash like a biopic slash visual poem. They, <laughs> like it is they perfected so good. Parody music. Yeah. Like yeah. Al, Al Yankovic found dead in a ditch because the Lonely Island just does it better. 
And with I'm a, with I'm a Bash weird Brothers, Al. I'm a Weird Al fan. Sorry, I also really like Weird Al Yankovic, but I yeah, I also love Weird Al. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Hey, go with it. Go with but it. with the Bash with Brothers, the like the thing, the thing with the the pop star is, is that it, like, I feel like a lot of Lonely Islands fans, or at least like me, puts like this like emphasis on like it's just like a pseudo like Lonely Island movie in the vein of like it's like how the band got together and stuff. Like it's like a fake movie that is somewhat a true movie of how like they became friends and stuff. And then like with the bash brothers, like I just love Mike Diva as a creator about to say that. And like, like shout out Mike Diva, dude, he is so talented and it's just like, like talk to me. It is so good seeing these YouTubers get like, I don't even want to say real work. Cause like YouTube work is also real work, but you know what I mean? Where it's like they're yeah. getting these like collabs and this recognition where it's like, yes. And the fact like that Mike Diva is now, audience. yeah, and, and he is now working for SNL. Yeah. And so it's just like the Bash Brothers is great. Like it's everything that I love about like the YouTube side of me of like Rocket Jump, Corridor Crew and like all that. And then the Lonely Island and you put them together. It, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's the perfect baby. Love it. Well... Hopefully the Lonely Island will get back together. And... I thought you were about to say listen to the podcast. Oh, honestly, that too. I'm here for that. Shout out Lonely get Island. Thanks for watching, guys. And make some more music and go back on tour because I would also love to see them. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, like their three album run, like their official, like what you would consider like studio album, like three album run of uh, Incredibad, uh turtleneck and chain and the whack album is like really good but like it just reminds me of like nothing will be funnier than lmfao releasing party rocking and then their second album being sorry for party rocking and then never <laughs> releasing an album ever again yeah like, like nothing <laughs> Mike nothing God. is more f- funnier to me than those two albums and then like for like lonely i'm like yes i want them to make more albums but i still think like like if they had like an album like that where like it's just like the album is like parroting like music like as a whole like that like that would be funny for sure mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it Freddie. Yeah. you're next i'm tell up us, next tell us what you what what one movie you i watched, watched what are you talking about i watched so many movie <laughs> <laughs> you watched a lot of movie i watched so much movie um so <laughs> I, I went i, I went uh modern this time and slightly less obscure it's like it's one of those things out out there kind of out there it's at least something that connor and i have heard of yeah it's like (laughs) it's like kind of out there pick as far as like mainstream popular movies go but it was like such a big talking point that i feel like a lot of people saw it anyway yeah um i watched skin of a rink skin of a rinky dink (laughs) skin of a rinky do uh (laughs) So, um, yeah, Skin of a Rink, um, <clears throat> you know, it was it was on my radar when it came out. And, and the reason was, you know, it was such a big talking point and it was so polarizing. And whenever a movie is that polarizing, I'm like inherently interested in it because sure. it, I'm like, I want to know what the reasons are that people love it and the reasons are like what the reasons are that people hate it. And so it's like I was getting a lot of the discourse and, you know, it's a lot of like, nothing happens in this movie and then i'm and then of course me i'm sitting here like 
nothing happens in some of my favorite movies. So yeah. uh, I was like, this sounds like it's straight up my alley. Watch Jean Deal. The person that watched yeah. that seven hour like, movie. Yeah, I watched a seven hour, seven hour, 20 minute long movie where it's, yeah, it's a nice slow burn, you know? Um, but, the slowest of burns. <laughs> the, but then my, uh, my friend Cody Johnson, shout out Cody Johnson. You should be Shout watching this. Time. Listening. I hope you're watching this. Listening. Cody Johnson, you better be watching that up. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so he he was telling me about how, you know, he had watched this movie and he was kind of caught up on how he felt about it. It seemed like when we were talking about it, he um, he had like a very visceral response to the movie and he was like, you know, I've never been so uncomfortable watching a movie, like genuinely unnerved by this movie, <laughs> but I don't really know why that is. And I don't know if I like it. And so we were talking about it and this is before I had watched it. I was cause we had talked about it once before and I'm like, I got to watch that movie and we're talking about it again. Um, we were playing some rocket league and you know, I was telling him, like, listen, you had like a visceral response to the movie. And for me, um, I think that movies can be far more than solely an entertainment a medium. A thousand percent. Yeah. And so I think like a lot of people that, you know, tend to be like dissuaded by movies like this. Um, they, it's like that's kind of the only reason that they come to movies in the first place is like I purely want I purely want entertainment and that's the only thing that I want and if it doesn't reach that then I don't care and I'm and I'm like you know it comes back to like what I was saying like it's an art form like you yeah. like so I'm like yeah. you you know ideally in an art form you would want more emotions than purely entertainment you would want to have experiences and so when we were talking about it, I'm like it sounds like you've had an experience with this Literally. movie truly <laughs> yeah like you were genuinely un unnerved by this movie and so I, you know I finally watched it um and I really enjoyed it I thought it was very like it was a very fascinating movie and i love that it's like you're it's like you're watching uh you're watching a horror movie unfold from uh the space between it's like every everything that everything that you wouldn't think about in like your traditional horror movie is like what you're watching so it's like oh yeah like the ceiling right with I don't know how much we should spoil, but, you know, the ceiling shot at the end of the movie. Yeah, um, so I haven't seen it. So oh, okay, I okay. I wouldn't spoil okay. it, but. You watched it, Connor? No, I've. Oh, my God. Why did like I think you, both of you I've... watched this? No, <laughs> like, I, I said like you, obscure, I've been. But... Well, I'm glad I didn't start well, just saying the, everything. Here's the thing. You can't yell at us. This is, this is a movie that came out in February. So, like you, I've been. It's been on my back burner, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, a back burner Like you, I've been. I've been thinking about it because of like, well, I don't know if I like it and stuff and all these things because of the discourse and everything. Of like, mm -hmm. it's it's like watching paint dry on a wall type of movie and so, things. And I'm like, ah. But then okay. I'm like, I heard certain people talk about like, well, if you watch it like in a secluded dark, like if you watch it with headphones and like just really lock in, like it can give you that visceral uh, visceral experience that you and or at least uh, Cody got. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. like I kind of want that. But it was also like, I don't have that. 
think when it did come out, it was like on Shutter or something. And I'm like, I didn't have Shutter. It's on so Hulu yeah. now. Yeah, that's where I watched yeah, it's it. It's on Hulu now, so it's like I might, but yeah. It's been, so it's been um, for our audience, if you're interested in watching this movie, it is available on Hulu. Yeah. So if you're interested, go check it out. I I just want to say, like, it. in regards to what you were saying, um, I, I saw something the other day that was talking about music, but I think it applies to all art forms. I think it applies to music and I think it applies to, you know, film and TV. And I think it applies to, um, you know, paintings and dance and theater, you know, mm -hmm. any, any sort of performance or any sort of art. But they said that art is basically the closest thing that we can get to magic. Yeah. And that's because, <laughs> you know whether you're you know you're listening to music and it's it's these sound waves that are somehow penetrating your feelings and making you feel something yeah and same thing with like a film like you're watching it and it's not just about entertainment like you said like yeah when when you can connect with something that you're just looking at with your eyes and listening with your ears there's there's something that is touching your your heart and um it is magical yeah and that's why they call it you know the magic of movies the magic of movies but yeah i mean i think it's that powerful it's very powerful um, and i think yeah anyway um movies are magic but yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no I, I do i legitimately think that like you know i think it, it comes down to like a uh, media literacy sort of thing and I don't mean that to be like pretentious about it but like genuinely letting yourself you know letting yourself experience things because there's tons of movies where it's like you know you're you're meant to be uncomfortable and that's and like that's the purpose yeah and that's where like the beauty <laughs> of the movie comes in is that it can put you in this space where like you're sitting looking at a you're sitting looking at a screen yep. but yet you're feeling like all of these various emotions so mm -hmm. with skinamarink um i won't go into I, i'm glad that i know that neither of you have watched this now because i won't go into too many spoilers um but i know the premise yeah and so like the, yeah. the yeah the premise is you know for the for the audience if any of you listen to oh go ahead oh it's like uh these two boys um wake up in the middle of the night and there's the way that it's described is that there are no windows and doors in their house when you look at like the bios online it's a little more than that yeah but it is like clear that there is something in this house with these kids and the movie though is shot in a way where the subjects are almost never on on yeah. camera or they're partially on camera mm -hmm. or they're not facing the camera and so what you're really looking at is you're looking at parts of a home while a horror story is unfolding like, inside yeah. of it like so, a corner yes a dark and shadow. i watched it yeah. i watched it at like two in the morning Yikes. with headphones on um yep, so on, on on like the living room tv that was like chef's kiss like perfect way to experience that because <laughs> it is i think headphones is definitely either headphones or like a really nice sound system is the way to go because so the movie is heavily dependent on its audio mixing and the audio mixing is really unnerving 
and it's very good because you're you're seeing stuff and you're kind of getting a feel for what's happening like some of the biggest scenes are you're getting like you kind of get an idea of what's happening because you're seeing a very small portion of it but then you're hearing what's happening and that's the part that really unsettles you because your brain is basically like filling in the blanks for you and like that's the point of the yeah. movie that's why you're unnerved is because your brain is what's really telling the story yeah, you're to you're making me nervous just talking about um, it <laughs> but it is like I've never been so terrified of a phone call in my life. Yeah. I will say that there's there's oh. one scene um, that involves a nine one one phone call, and this is like I'll just say this will be the one kind of spoiler thing. The part and this is just because this is a perfect example of what I mean. You hear you don't see you hear one of the kids pick up the phone and you know they're dialing 911 just by the sounds that the phone makes and then when it's and you're just like listening to this scene play out and you're like oh my god this is horrifying and you're just like a, you're just like putting yourself in the shoes of like these kids it's like and it's good. it's so good <laughs> i really I'm enjoyed like this movie <laughs> For the so audience at home, I, we are physically watching Emma like like get full goosebumps, <laughs> <laughs> like just listening to this. No, yeah. so um, if any of you listen to the Big Picture podcast, I think Seabear, uh, you do listen to the Big Picture podcast. Um, yeah, okay, I've listened to it. A bit. Yeah, there is um, so pretty much like a theme from this year. Um, every once in a while. CR, Chris Ryan, will make an appearance on The Big Picture. He's not one of the regular hosts, but he comes on. But he has an impression of, he has a great impression of one of the little kids. Oh, Chris yeah. Kid and, Marie, and he just talks like this. And he, like, and he just like, he does that on the podcast. And it's like, uh, that's just like his bit that he does yeah. on the podcast this year <laughs> since they since they watched Skin and Marink. I mean, I didn't watch it, but um, yeah, I, I, um, <laughs> that's all I know about it pretty much it's yeah. just all like I the know, premise and CR's impression of this little kid yeah. <laughs> all I knew all I knew was the discourse and then like the trend of like people that did watch it because like I was like I'm horror movie like TikTok and stuff of just people mm -hmm. being like after watching Skin of a Rink and going around my house just going in this house in this house, in this house. <laughs> just like that's all that's all i knew it's the the weird monster i guess monster or whatever i'll i'll, yeah. I'll definitely see this because freddie persuade me now yeah he really so, pitched it pretty good yeah definitely i definitely i think it's i think it's worth giving it a shot and cody yeah. johnson i think it's definitely worth you just owning the fact that you like this movie so yeah. you know you should you should we'll, we'll talk some more about it here but Alrighty. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I don't see I don't think there's any reason to f be like be uncomfortable like do I like a bad movie it's like this is not a bad movie yeah it's a it's a different type of movie than what people normally see for sure but it is it's a good one I really like it all right so let's get in a rink you can watch that on Hulu um my movies that I watched since the last time we recorded I watched a lot of um, 2023 releases because it's that time of year. I'm kind of doing a lot of catch up work and there's something streaming and I'm also just trying to make sure I got all my bases covered for awards and shit like that. But um, I watched The Color Purple, 
the new musical adaptation, which is actually based on the Broadway musical that is based on the book that the 1984 Steven Spielberg Color Purple is also based on. So they're related, but not entirely. The only correlation, I guess, is Oprah. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I specifically enjoyed Danielle Brooks and her performance um, as... um, I can't even remember the name of her character, but you know what? It's not a big deal. (laughs) Um, I just... She kind of like stole every scene that she was in, and I definitely predict a Supporting Actress nomination for that performance. She's just so funny, so hilarious, and such like a... She's just got a lot of power behind... Like, just she just really commands the room. Um... Anyway, that's kind of all I really have to say about the color purple. Did your I audience also, know? So, go ahead. Did your audience know that it was a musical? Because I did this morning. I saw I a mean, video of people going to see Mean Girl, the new Mean Girls movie. As of this recording, Mean Girls is out, uh, which is also a musical based on the, very the Broadway same. show. Yeah, yeah based yeah. on the Broadway show, based on the movie. And with it, the video showed that any time that there was singing, the audience just kind of audibly sighed in disappointment. Because, like, there's this new trend of the distributors being like, here's this new movie, and not telling the audience that it's a musical. Yeah, I mean, that's a trend uh, because general audiences don't like musicals. But Uh, also, who's going to see the music? Like, did y'all not look at the, the the poster? Has a music note in the middle. Yeah, of that's, it. I know. That's their only subtle branding. <laughs> like, that's it. But I didn't even think that was subtle. I saw that. I saw that poster for one second. I'm like, oh, it's a musical. I mean, honestly, the people that are going to these movies without knowing that they're musicals are just not paying attention to uh, film uh, marketing at all, um, yeah. and they're not paying attention to discourse that's happening on social media. And uh, that's kind of on them. Like, I don't have any sympathy for you. I just don't. Like, know what you're going into. Do some research before you go see a movie. Like, I don't, I don't know where we are. We are just a very dumb population of people. But also, it's like, what would you want? Would you just want Mean Girls remade again? That's like, Mean Girls already exist. (laughs) They do. Believe it or not, that's already a movie. The kind of people that go into a (laughs) musical without knowing it's a musical would love to just watch movies of shit they've already seen. Yeah, Yeah. Disney remakes. Yeah, it's the the weird AI Facebook posters of just like, hey, it's John Krasinski in Die Hard. We make a Die Hard that's definitely not happening. Or I don't mean to sound I don't mean to sound harsh, but I just I don't really care if they knew it was a musical going. I'm just cooking up some harsh browns over here. I just yeah. (laughs) I just like again. I I brought it. I know it's my bad at bringing it up. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're because I'm the same way. It's It's like just leave. Like yeah. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't know. No one's forcing you to why. watch this no movie. No one's forcing you to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's tons of other no movies that aren't musicals no that you could watch. No one's forcing right now, you too. to buy a ticket, and no one's forcing you to go into a movie completely blind. You could <laughs> do any work yeah. at all. They make trailers. <laughs> anyway, enough about that. Um, I watched Foe from this year, starring Paul Miskell and Saoirse Ronan, who are both Irish people who are both doing an American accent. 
And I just, I don't know why. I, I don't, I don't know why we do this to Irish people because their accents are beautiful. And I know. And Look this movie AO. specifically, stop it. <laughs> this movie specifically is supposed to be set in the quote unquote like Midwest America, but it doesn't have to be. It could also be set in Ireland or hire American actors. I don't know. I just like, um, Anyway, the movie is like a like a sci-fi, post-apocalyptic sci-fi kind of thing. And it's also just like psychological kind of horror and shit like that. But um, it wasn't very good. Not worth your time. But it is streaming on Prime for free if you just want to look at two very, very gorgeous mm. Irish people. Um, be in a movie together. I don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> Just some Irish people okay. in a movie together. And they're hot. They're both very hot. Um, okay. Bisexual so, dream? Hot people being hot? Yes. Hot people hot being, being hot. very hot. hot that's, kind of, right that's kind of... That's kind of that's the that's the pull for me to watch that movie was they're they're just gorgeous people so hot people being hot um then i watched american fiction which i have been waiting to watch for a long time it's on my um you know it's been on my anticipation list for a long time and this is about a man played by jeffrey wright who is kind of struggling to break it into basically book writing. He's an author. He has published before, but he's, he's, uh, and just as a preference, as not a preference, a preface, it's a satire. It's definitely a comedy. So I just want to go in that as I, as I get into it. But basically he, um, is struggling to get published because he is a black man who doesn't sound like he's a black man based mm-hmm. on his writing and based on the stories that he wants yeah. to tell. And the reason he doesn't sound oh. like a black man is because white people think that black people are supposed to sound a certain way. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's basically kind oh, of like, so like putting the... people into a box, putting yeah. minorities into a box, like kind of like forcing stereotypes on them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the inverse of Sorry to Bother You, yeah. where um, Lucky Stanfield is doing like a white voice in order to sell um, <laughs> at his job. Or chasing and, Amy. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, kind of like that. But yeah, um, it's definitely a satire, but it's also doing this like family drama kind of thing. Um, and it's doing, it's doing both at the same time. And I think I like the satire part a lot more than the family drama. I liked them both, honestly, but I just enjoyed the, the parts where they're talking about, you know, um, just the state of, (laughs) the you know just media in general and how we um how we approach um minorities as in that in that sector but anyway um it was very funny very funny i really liked it there is a um there is specifically a ryan reynolds joke i'm not going to (laughs) spoil the joke um but Look, when you go see American Fiction, because I am 100% certain that American Fiction will be nominated for Best Picture. I think it's happening. Um, look, out for the, look out for the Ryan Reynolds joke. 
because it is hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, that was probably my favorite part. My favorite joke, I guess. So, yeah. Um, didn't see it coming. And then it was like, oh, he said that out loud. Okay. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That's American Fiction. It's in theaters, finally. It took forever. But it's out now. Um, I also rewatched Saltburn, which we talked about in our episode last week, because it's now streaming on Prime. And I rewatched it because I was excited to get to see it again. Um, and again, I love it. It's hilarious. Um, specifically the, um, I don't want to spoil it, but the scene, if you've seen the movie, which Connor, you've seen it, um, yep. the scene where they are eating lunch, um, <laughs> I already know what you're referencing when they're eating lunch after something really awful has just happened a tragedy has occurred and they go to eat lunch and uh. um the curtains close and it's like just this red like the curtains are red but the sun anyway the room is red and just like the the events and the dialogue that happens in that scene is like some of the best comedy and writing and acting i love richard e grant so much for what he does in that scene and Rosamund Pike is just like not really doing anything, but she's doing so much by not doing anything in that scene. She's basically like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it is probably besides the ending, <laughs> the last scene, yeah. I'd say it's my favorite part of the movie is the Yeah, the lunch. more the more I think about the since I've seen it, the more I've been thinking about it, the more I've been liking it a lot. Being well, like, it's well, one I of those like movies this. that makes I you think like about that. it. You can't stop thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, and so it. I'm like, I think with a, I think this might be a twofer, meaning a you second watch. You need to rewatch it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and maybe I might rank it higher. It won't be like anything super high, but it might get like a couple points higher than than my original first watch. Yeah. I feel like it, it was a lot to take in, and I feel like, yeah, a second watch might uh, ease, ease it in. Because, yeah, yeah, every time I keep taken, thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that was actually kind of good. It has really kind of sunk its teeth into, like, pop culture. And, you know, being on Prime helps. People really just want to watch Jacob Elordi be hot. And then they're, you know, Hoppy really being, hot. you know, they're really being faced with, like, what this movie actually is, which is it's just insanity. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's really going just back like, to the skin rank conversation. It's like yeah. hilarious British humor. It's yeah. it's you can't. Some people are just not vibing with it, and that's fine. I personally really fucking vibe with this shit. I love it. Um, I need to see it. I need to see Saltburn, and I do. I want to see it. Um, American Fiction. All of the trailers I've seen for American Fiction, I'm like, I need to see this movie. Yeah, it's it it's very it's good. fun. It's hilarious. Um, I saw another 2023 movie earlier this week, starring. My favorite Italian. <laughs> My favorite Italian, Adam Driver, who honestly just Before... needs, needs to stop playing Italians for the love of God. Like, mm. you have to stop. You have to stop. Like, he can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> No, nah, Adam Adam these. Driver Adam Driver next time he sees a script and it says Italian more more <laughs> Adam Driver should have been Mario <laughs> That that would have been another Italian hilarious 
<laughs> no, so the joke is Adam Driver is not an Italian, but he played an Italian in both Gucci and 2023's Ferrari, uh, in which he plays Enzo Ferrari. And all I have to say about that movie is um, Adam Driver needs to stop playing Italians. And Shailene Woodley needs to never do accent work ever again. She's she's trying <laughs> she's trying to do Italian and it's coming out Damn. Russian. Yeah. It's so bad. Like it's really, really, really She's trying bad. to do Italian, it's coming out ragu. It's <laughs> it's really bad, y'all. Um and I would just say Penelope Cruz is without a doubt the highlight of this movie. Obviously she's from Spain, so she's gonna be able to pull off doing an Italian accent way better than Americans can. Um, so she's definitely the highlight. And there's a scene in this movie that literally made my jaw drop um, for a good like 10 seconds. And I don't think it's a good thing. Mm. And I won't spoil it because it quite literally is the climax of the film. Um, and I, I, I honestly think that it should have been done differently. So um if you've seen ferrari you you'll know what i'm talking about and if you want to talk to me about it i'd love to talk about that scene lastly lastly i watched a 14 minute hell yeah silent quite quite very silent film called meshes of the afternoon yes on the criterion channel and i'll tell you why i watched this Shout out Sayla Brace. Um, she's a former student of mine, mm-hmm. and she's going to um, Michigan State currently. And she just started her second semester this week. She's taking two film classes. Mm. She was one of my film students, and she's taking two film classes. And I am living vicariously through her. And she is sending me. Oh, the movies she's <laughs> yes, watching in her classes? Yes. That's so cool. She's telling me, she's texting me all about the movies that she's watching in her film classes. And we're talking about them. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, I'm watching this immediately. Um, and we're going to talk about it. So um, it's a definitely experimental avant-garde um sort of super artsy kind of thing um saying a lot about like autonomy and independence and like feminism in a way from what i can tell but it's just like this very cool old um you know it's from 1943 it's literally 80 years old crazy um but uh it's just like i'm just like damn how cool number one how cool that my former student is able to watch stuff like this in her classes and two how cool is it that criterion collection has access to this and i can just pull it up on my tv and watch it in a very very good format like it doesn't Mm -hmm. look like crap it looks like really good and i'm able to kind of like you know live vicariously through her in that way and kind of like take this class with her in a way it's yeah. kind of fun and I, criterion collections making that possible so we love criterion Collection. yeah this is i a really criterion... like meshes of the afternoon yeah like, it's, it's so gorgeous <laughs> given my entire rant about skinamarink i feel like that's not very surprising but <laughs> oh, of course yeah no but um, i really enjoyed it yeah, I, I was just enraptured um, yeah it's yeah. really like and because it's like 1943 and it's so 
it's like so experimental and it's like so like it's like this is this is like all visual metaphor yeah this whole movie because there's absolutely no dialogue mm-hmm. and there's absolutely no music it's yeah. literally just images and you have to put them together yeah the editing is crazy yeah um like when the flower just like turns into a knife mm-hmm. or um I, the costuming too like the freaking figure with like the mirror as a face is yeah. just like i was just like okay like the, so, the metaphors are metaphoring yeah <laughs> you know like it's I mean? so simple but it's so effective yeah like it's super super artsy yeah i would give it a watch it's in the library for, of congress for ooh, awesome yeah it's in the film registry yeah because it's a american short film but um I would I would definitely give this a watch if you're interested. It's on the Criterion channel. I'm sure you can find a much uh, a less prettier version of it probably on YouTube. It's literally yeah. 14 minutes long, like literally. Oh, yeah. So um, just give it some time because um, it's short and it's gorgeous. And who knows? You might learn something from it. I did. <laughs> I was just I was th- I was thinking about just like the filmmaking techniques and how they were able to do some of that 80 years ago. I was just really yeah. impressed. Um, anyway, that's what I watched. I watched a lot <laughs> and I talked too much. So I actually forgot I watched one more thing. But this oh, can lead into our topic of the show. Well, we're not going into the topic of the show next. Oh, <laughs> well, the last thing I watched was Spaghetti Harvest. Oh, yes. I also watched that. Yes. I also watched that. I did too. Uh, I didn't put it on my thing because it's a three-minute video. It's but just it was, goofy. It's yeah, but it's on Letterbox, so it. it works. It's so fun. I'm pr- I'm I'll, now, put, I'll, the, I'll log it. I, I watched it today. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if this is this may it's be cute. this may be conjecture. Don't quote me on this, but when I was shown this in film school. Um, it was because it was in my it was in my documentary um, film class. And so we watch like a bunch of documentaries and we watch mockumentaries, but we watched the spaghetti harvest video and, I, and they were telling me my my professor was saying that there were people at the time legitimately convinced yeah. that spaghetti grew on trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it has it has something similar with like War of the Worlds. Yeah. Where like people yeah, thought like, that, that was really BBC. happening. Yeah. For sure. But it's just like spaghetti harvest is like what what i took away from is like only the british can do this kind of humor like it's so like mighty python coded of just like this is so ridiculous but so good just like Like, we were just throwing spaghetti on trees and being like yeah it grows on trees yeah Yeah, it's really funny I thought, was, I thought it was. I thought it was like, oh, yeah. cute. <laughs> commitment the to commitment the bit. Commitment to the bit was <laughs> the the best part. Like, I think that's what was so good. It's like the fact that like like no one's laugh. Like you could tell. Like it's like yeah, no. This like I think that's why people thought like, wait, do does spaghetti actually grow on trees? Because it's like it, it feels real. <laughs> Again, people are really stupid. They're like frantically. Going well, we to the also library. They're like. Sp- spaghetti encyclopedia spaghetti tree spaghetti tree spaghetti tree yeah. <laughs> all right um so that's our recently watched uh the next thing we're going to talk about is uh award season until the oscars happen on march 10th i don't know how much we can avoid talking about award season um but that's coming up honestly that's like sooner it's gonna it's gonna be here before we know it but um 
So the Golden Globes happened on Sunday. If you if you weren't aware, which like, are you living under a rock? Um, if you don't know that the Golden Globes happened noise. on Sunday. Um, Connor, did you watch the Golden Globes on Sunday? Uh, I did not. I was working that day, but I lived vicariously through TikTok and yeah. Twitter and everything, just seeing the winners and stuff. Just seeing who, yeah, just the next day, the next morning, just seeing the winners and then just throughout the week, just kind of, yeah, seeing the speeches here and there. I mean, the be- the best part about the Globes, honestly, recess therapy, being on the red carpet, seeing those little girls talk to celebrities is really good. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. If you don't know, re- recess therapy is this guy on Instagram and TikTok that interviews uh, children. Yeah. Um, and he was asked to be there and brought two uh, little girls, and they are the best. They're really, uh, really cute. They got to meet Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig. They got to meet Jack Black. Uh, like, yeah, it was it was great. They're, the whole video is on YouTube now of Recess Therapy. Uh, it's a very good video. But yeah, that's all I saw. I saw some uh, TikTok videos of that. Um, Freddie, I know how much you watch the Golden Globes because we, we were, were together, together yeah. when that was happening. But we were also playing poker yeah. when it was happening. So. Uh, Freddie and I were playing poker while the Golden Globes Man, were Ocean's on. Ocean's Eleven over here. Literally, yeah. just watch us. We're gonna do some heists. Yeah, just watch. We're gonna we're gonna count some cards. You know, <laughs> keep an eye on the Detroit Free Press. Well, that's more twenty one. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and so it was on, and it was we were watching it in the sense that we were watching um, basically the winners. Yeah, but we weren't. Like paying attention. We weren't to paying attention to anything, honestly, and so I didn't hear any of the speeches from the winners. Um, we heard one, and the best one. We did Just hear saying. the best one because we stopped playing. We specifically stopped playing poker so that we could listen to Lily Gladstone's speech because I knew that it was going to be really, really good. And honestly, I have since Sunday mm-hmm. watched almost all of the acceptance speeches from the Golden Globes like through TikTok and I still think Lily Gladstone had the best speech. Yeah, I was tearing up. Yeah. It's um, so good. It was just really meaningful and powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did watch that one, but we did not watch any of the banter. Joe Schmo um, do <laughs> Joe any Schmo. of his. I'm That's what that's his name because I don't want to. I whatever that's his name for the sake of the podcast um we didn't watch any of his monologue or any of his anythings um so i didn't even know about the debacle until probably the next day um but it was it was made very clear to me um (laughs) okay so if you don't know joe schmo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Joe Schmo had some really poor taste jokes specifically targeted at uh, the Barbie movie. And if you've been listening to this podcast at all, um, the three of us are Barbie fans. stands. We are fans of yeah. the Barbie movie. Um, and he has been under a lot of criticism for making what people have been calling a sexist joke um he basically kind of like touted oppenheimer as like this like masterpiece of work um and in the same breath 
limited Barbie's success and Barbie's messaging to it is about a plastic doll with big boobies. I'm not joking when I say that a middle-aged man <laughs> said the words boobies on stage on live TV. He said that um, in reference to a feminist comedy. Yeah. Led and written and starred and produced by women. Um, so I'm like, bro, to just say, say you didn't watch the movie. He literally didn't watch the movie. <laughs> so, just say you didn't watch the movie. I don't think he watched Oppenheimer either. Yeah. Um, no, because he said it was too long. Yeah. <laughs> it's too long. It's like, why is he the host? He doesn't I, even I, like the I, movie. I, so, so. No, it's just every I, joke. Like, yeah. oh, like, kill, I, by the time I watch Killers of the Flower Moon, it'll be 2025. Get it? Because it's four out. Like, it's like, shut but up. It's like, it's, it's like it is every one of your jokes sense. just taken from like film social media in the first 24 exactly. hours after yeah. a movie gets released? Like, no. was that the whole bit? Yeah. Um, And obviously people took offense to it. Rightly so. Um, we don't even have to talk about the Taylor Swift thing because it doesn't really pertain to the conversation. But I, I, I think we have progressed as in as a society. We have progressed past the need for a host at all in any award show. Um, I I really don't understand the function of a host, and honestly, I just want to watch montages of movies from the year and I want to watch clips of actors performing who are nominated and I want to watch hot people go on stage, do a bit for one minute and tell me who won the damn award. Yeah. I don't know why we need this and I and I don't think it adds anything to the show. And if the Golden Globes have taught us anything this year, it is that uh, it's a detriment if anything else, um, especially if nobody knows who the fuck that guy is. Because uh, I didn't. I know who that guy was, but well, a lot um, of people know who this guy is. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's <laughs> He's like, a very it was famous comedian. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like a big maybe, year for maybe him, you and, and that's Freddie why know who Joe Coy is. Yeah, but there are swaths of people that don't know who he is. Yeah, um, and <sighs> I don't think that he is the kind of person. Well, it's that like needs the, to be on stage. Yeah, it's the it's like the reason the Golden Globes picked him is because it was a big. It was a big year for his career. For so it was like, yes. oh, this is like a it was it's like it's like a marketing move, basically. It's like a, you know, oh, get a big name. If it it's, wasn't, like, it's like asking Kevin Hart to host. Well, like, if it oh, wasn't you know. him, if it wasn't him, it would have been Sebastian uh, Maniscalco because he also had a what pretty the big fuck year. Is too. That? Another, another big famous comedian. Yeah. yeah. Um, nobody's. I mean, like, I don't know who these yeah. people are i don't listen to stand-up comedy um yeah so I, that's the thing it's like like what we're saying is it's like what they should have done no is what the, like the issue like is the issue kevin is kevin hart that, or somebody no the issue is they need to stop getting people to do award shows for movies and tv who don't watch movies and tv and who don't care about it that's the fucking issue and that's yeah. what i'm pissed about is like well that's what i'm you, saying it's like, like they you need have to get no, like kevin hart you have kevin hart doesn't watch these movies either well not kevin hart actually well <laughs> yeah. the, the like main thing that this is things. showing if i if i could say something about this this what it should have shown 
because I do have a stake in this of the fact of like the ne- literally the next day, John Mulaney hosts the governor's ball for the Oscars. I saw that. And with mm-hmm. that, if you see that monologue, it is 10 million times better than the other one. Because A, John Mulaney knows how to do stand-up comedy, meaning that if he's bombing, he knows how to win an audience back and not blame your writers for, for bombing real. jokes. Yeah. It's so bad. That is my biggest it's issue so with bad. him is because of the fact of like other other hosts have been fine. I agree with you that we don't need a host because I'm also like whatever on Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars because it's like he like, yeah, it's fine, like whatever. But it's like most of the time it's like these people just do their monologue. We move on and we see the things. No one ever thinks about the monologues evermore. But the fact that he called out of like, well, the jokes that I wrote are the ones that you're laughing at. It's like, dude, you're making this a worse thing than ever. Literally digging to the, your whole Yeah, it's like you're just going to point fingers point, at everybody else. It's like, yeah. dude, just fucking own up to the to fact the point that you agreed to host a show going like, about why can't we get John Mulaney to host the Oscars? Because it's like, if you look at that monologue, it's not the best monologue I've seen, but it's like his jokes are great because he understands film and he understands film at least. And like he knows... Like he could have done the Globes because he understands television because he's yeah. been in both fields. I also think that there's, and so it's, there's probably there's probably something to be said about the Golden Globes history and the 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 trouble that they've been in in the last few years. And there's probably a lot of people that they asked before they asked Joe Coy and they were like, I wouldn't touch the Golden Globes with a 10 foot pole. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, too. And so. Yeah. But at that point, it's just like, don't have a host. And they've yeah. done that before. The Oscars did that. The Oscars yeah. did it without a host. And it's fine. Get some cool presenters. Get some people that are funny and beautiful. And you don't need a host. Um, yeah. But I yeah. just I just want I I do have something that I just I want to say, which is that fr- from my perspective, I guess, um, yeah, I, I kind of talked to you, Freddie, about this, kind of like where I'm at with it. But yeah, I do think that 2023 has been kind of coined by women on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram as like the year of Barbie. And if you really, if you don't know what that means, it's it's not necessarily like, oh, yeah, it's the year the Barbie movie came out. Like, no, it's it's a lot more than that. It's like... It's like, um, yeah, like Barbie happened and then like, let's let's put Taylor Swift era's tour in there. Let's put Beyonce's tour in there. Um, you have movies like you know, Past Lives, you know, the 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 Grammy nominations, like the album of the year is like all women. Um, and so <laughs> when people say the year of Barbie, they're really saying like it's the year of women. And it's the year of like women in media kind of dominating and making a lot of money and kind of like saving, quote unquote, saving the industry, shit like that. Um, But with that, it's also just kind of like, there's a lot of like female empowerment. There's a lot of women having hard conversations with men in their lives, specifically because of the Barbie movie and like breaking up with their boyfriends or like having hard conversations with like their father and like stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that um, (laughs) I think that like I have been on a high 
from the year of Barbie. <laughs> and I just was like, wow, like what a year it's been. And like, um, now it's 2024. <laughs> it's no longer the year of Barbie. And literally like five days into the year, um, it's like yeah. it's like a slap in the face, Boom. kind of. It's like yeah. a slap in the face of like, oh, like Barbie's just a joke to these people. <laughs> and like, um, I'm sort of crying, but I'm also laughing, so I'm fine. But <laughs> it's like watching the Barbie movie. Literally. And I'm just like, oh, like they think Barbie's a joke. Like it's about a doll yeah. with boobs. Yeah. And um it's just like, um, I don't know. I, and I think like, I think it's going to take maybe a few more award ceremonies to kind of see how the Barbie movie is going to be received um, and awarded and like for the things that it deserves to be awarded for. Now, I'm not, <laughs> I, have, I, I have never been on the Barbie has to win best picture or bust train ever because I know that that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um but to kind of reduce it to like, oh, it's just a silly thing for for girls, you know? It, it's just like, God it's damn. It's just ridiculous. It's such it's a slap like in the face. And it's just like, okay, well, the year of the Barbie is over. And here we are. Because it just and diminishes that's what they really like think of all us. that hard work. <laughs> yes, it does. Like, it really does. Because like, I'm, I'm also on the train of like, yeah, I don't think, like, I'm not like, oh, it's like, Barbie Barbie will never win Best Picture. We live in a time where a a girl wants to fuck a fish is a Best Picture winner. So like Barbie being Best Picture wouldn't like shock me. Also, last year's was Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is like the most crazy movie ever. So like like Barbie winning wouldn't be like the most shocking thing. But I do think like my train is is like it needs to sweep not needs but like I'm on the train of like it can sweep all of the technicals. I don't think it's like, going to sweep all of the technicals because of Oppenheimer getting sound and visual effects and cinematography well, that one, like that, and things like my that. My thing but is it's like costumes. Barbie has to get costumes and production costumes, design. Costumes, production, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm and like, those are like, I think, for sure. I think Barbie and Oppenheimer could compete very well in those categories, in those technical categories. And... um you know, and but like, you know, original song is going to have to go to Barbie. You know, I, I'm not saying that Barbie's not going to win anything. Yeah, no. But I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it has to win everything either. But what I'm saying is you need to give Greta Gerwig <laughs> her flowers yeah. and not diminish her and diminish her script and diminish um, Margot Robbie's performance to a, f a whatever whatever it is that you think it is like it, it took a lot of work and it moved a lot of people well yeah and like here's here's the thing um you know it's it's I mean, it's it. It all comes down to men invalidating women, which is like it's like what the fucking movie's well, about. Well, they're also invalidating women yeah. because of a, a female-led and female-directed and female-written film. Yeah, made the most money in the box office last year. Yeah, yeah, and, so and it's that's like, really threatening. Yeah, to, to men. <laughs> and, but and so it's like we're talking about the year of Barbie. But I mean, honestly, I don't think that it. I don't even think that it comes down to that because it's like we can call it the year of Barbie, but really, it's you know it's, it's women 
taking up the space they deserve and saying like this like we are here we make the same shit you do and it's about time that you fucking pay attention and take us seriously and there's always gonna be men that are so threatened just like yeah they're just threatened by the idea of women because they can't get over the fact that they secretly hate women yeah of course <laughs> and yeah and it you says know, more about men than yeah. it does about women yeah because if a, if a female comedian hosted the Golden Globes, Ever. that joke would not have been in there no. because it's it's men that they they're intimidated. They're intimidated by they're intimidated by women in general, but especially successful women and accomplished women and just like self-actualized women and like that's like the core of that's like the core of barbie is like diminishing women to miss universe pageants yeah but well like the movie i'm saying (laughs) yeah yeah, just that's like like, part of the movie is just like yeah um you know as soon as barbie goes into the real world she Mm -hmm. sees a billboard of the miss universe pageant she says oh look it's the supreme court yeah yeah (laughs) and so you know it's it's diminishing uh, women to big boobies. Yeah, it's it's men. It's it men suck and um, just in general need to grow up and stop thinking that they're the only people capable of uh, doing things the best because they don't they they literally don't understand how little they understand about the experiences of women, period. So, so fuck off. Yeah, just you know, if you, you didn't fucking watch the movie, if you watched it, you didn't fucking understand the movie because you don't. You're just like incapable of being challenged by stories about women in general. Right. Um. So just maybe don't fucking say anything. It, it just like yeah, you, you have. You have nothing interesting to say. You have nothing interesting to say. <laughs> so very, just just yeah. don't. Just don't. <laughs> Men just got to stop talking when they don't got anything Men interesting to say. To yeah, the last, the last thing I'll say is just like, like Emma, Emma nailed it. Of like, yeah, we don't need hosts. And especially hosts that don't know if you don't care. what they're hosting. Like, stop yeah, talking. that don't care about yeah. movies or television. It's like, we like then shut up. Like, I yeah. understand that like he is a quote unquote professional in stand-up comedy, but it's like, like you should at least like done some research knowing like what we're saying like barbie being the number one yes oppenheimer was also up there too but it's like like okay like you got it like like we're saying like you gotta acknowledge it like come on like like what are we doing here like it it's ridiculous i've been on the thing of like the like the thing with award shows specifically with the oscars that i have problems with is that it's just confined to cable and the fact that like i think a lot of us would be fine if like they streamed somewhere else yeah it's not necessarily on cable it's on network television but yeah it's on network television so like they have to like yeah they they run on time because like the game awards i just think it needs to be i just think they need to get on with the times because they're losing viewership and uh younger people aren't watching but if maybe it was on you know youtube people would watch it they want to be taken more seriously but they're letting their show be hosted by people that don't care about movies and it's like you're undermining the whole point of your award show in the first place when you're letting it be led by people that don't care about the thing you're giving out awards for yeah 
I, yeah, what I was trying, what I, I was trying to say was it's like with the Oscars, it's just like, it's going, it's going too long. And so they need to like stream it so that they can actually give people the time for speeches. I agree. And so like, if they do like with the game awards where it's like, they don't have to confine to like, well, at seven o'clock, you know, blue bloods needs to come on. Yeah, like, exactly. they, they can so, like do that, but yeah, yeah. no more hosts. Just fuck off. Let's let Just these people me, give their speeches. Show me clips of movies and show me hot yeah. people doing a bit before they tell me who won an award. Like that's all I need. Yeah. I, I, I do like the musical performances at the Oscars. I like that. Um, as far as like the awards go, honestly, I think the Golden Globes gave the right awards to the right people. I don't think there was any award that I was upset about. I think everybody that should have won won, um, in my opinion. Um, I Except for maybe Poor Things winning over Barbie. Mm-hmm. I love both of those movies, and I'm not mad about Poor Things winning comedy over Barbie, but in my opinion, I think Barbie is just the better comedy. So um, I was kind of surprised. I kind of thought Barbie would at least win the comedy award, but they made up an award for cinematic success and they were like, here, Pat Pat, here you go, Barbie. Um, Here's your award for that. Um, So again, just kind of like a slap in the face to to that. And it's fine, honestly. Um, Barbie doesn't need to win awards to be in the zeitgeist Cultures. forever. Yeah. It already, hey, it, it already still is. broke up a bunch exactly. of shitty relationships with shitty dudes. So <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, just briefly, we also got the SAG nominees. Um, if you don't know what SAG is, it stands for Screen Actors Guild. That is the union that went on strike this year. They host an award show that just awards acting. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, the reason why it's an important it's an important awards in relationship to the Oscars race is because a lot of the times whoever is nominated in the SAG categories are also nominated in the Oscar acting categories because actors vote for those. Um, and so um, the, the, the notable things that I would just say quickly is Leonardo DiCaprio is missing in the actor category and I am blown away. Hmm. Um, Who's nominated in that? So I would say the person that probably took his spot is Coleman Domingo from Rustin, which he's kind of all he's kind of been on the bubble in like the the top five. But I would I I'm just kind of shocked that Leo is not in the acting category. But there. everybody else is there, like yeah. So Kieran. like Killian, um, Jeffrey Wright okay. from American Fiction, Paul Giamatti holdovers, okay. and Bradley Cooper Maestro. And I think those four okay. are set. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of getting worried about that, those chance. I don't really necessarily think Leonardo needs a nomination, but I just, I don't know how he's not going to be. I mean, that's, that's one of the best acting performances from the year in the male category. I don't, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just really shocked. Um, yeah, that is shocking. The, yeah. And I, I uh, the only other thing that I would say is surprising is in the supporting actor category, they completely did not they did not nominate Charles Melton from May December. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I know. That is that is highway robbery. It what is. the fuck? So Who's nominated in that then? So like the the two the two leading, I would say these two are competing is Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer and Ryan Gosling and Barbie. They're both nominated. Then you have Robert De Niro from Killers. 
Okay. Sterling K. Brown from American Fiction, which I am thinking is probably yeah, okay. that fifth spot that took Charles's place because the other one is Willem Dafoe from Poor Things. Um, that is a stack. But at the okay. same time, I'm surprised that Mark Ruffalo is not nominated for Poor Things because he's definitely the better supporting performance. So that's interesting. Yeah. I would say the actress category is probably fine, except for maybe Annette Benning for Nyad is in there instead of somebody like Greta Lee from Past Lives or somebody like mm. um, Sandra Huller from Anatomy of a Fall. I'm interested into to why they did that. Um, and then I think, oh, this was surprising. Penelope Cruz is nominated for Supporting Actress from Ferrari. Mm. Wow. So, and I honestly, I'm not surprised, but I'm like, in, it's, I, you know, I would like to see somebody like America Ferreira nominated. And I mean, she has an incredible I mean, performance damn. in Barbie. The speech alone. Yeah. The speech alone. Just that, I mean, just that speech alone is just Yeah, amazing. it is interesting that like Margot and Gosling are like the front runners for Barbie, you know, because like obviously they're the quote unquote leads. Yeah. But then like, yeah, like Amer like no one's talking about America Barrera. And you would think like, yeah, I like think she's kind of she on should the get nominated because like that yeah. is the Os that is the Oscar clip yeah. that they would play before, you know, like America Barrera yeah. and Barbie. And it's the yeah. monologue. Like, yeah, like come like on. That, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that is the part of Barbie that I was fucking crying. <laughs> yeah, just crying no, for real. Um, So anyway, it, it, it doesn't okay. always match up with the Oscars, but you know, it's something to just look at, I guess. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Anyway, that's that's it for award season. We talked about that way longer than I had anticipated, but because we got um, beef. It's because Joe Schmo pissed me off. Yeah. We got <laughs> we got we got beef Again. with people. Um we got beef with people hating on the Barbie movie and just being hating on women in general. So it's okay. Just admit that you hate women. And move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of women, uh, Surf's Up from 2007. <laughs> uh, that was the worst segue I could have done. <laughs> <laughs> we're rolling with it. But we're rolling with it. So let's get started with our tots, tots, tots. Surf's Up. This is Seabear's pick. So Seabear, tell us what Surf's Up is about and why you chose it for Mockumentary. Surf's Up is a 2007 Sony Animation picture, their second movie after open season. Mm. It is a mockumentary, is in the style of a mockumentary. It is an animated movie featuring penguins. Uh, or yeah. more specifically. Penguins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, penguins. Uh, more centering on a character, which is voiced by Shia LaBeouf who is Cody Maverick, uh, wanting to be an inspired surfer and wants to do something more with his life and not live in his quote-unquote shitty town that, that he lives in in Antarctica, uh, Shiverpool, and wants Shiverpool. to do more in his life. Follows, follows his uh, big idol, Big Z, uh, and just we follow him trying to get into uh, the big surfing uh, competition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Surf's Up is fun. Um, there's a, there's a chicken 
called Chicken Joe, right? Chicken Joe. Chicken Joe. Chicken Joe. Stoned out he, of his mind the entire yeah, movie. Totally John Heater. Voiced by John Heater. If you don't know who that is, he played Napoleon Dynamite. Perfect actor yeah. to voice a stoned Chicken Joe. But he calls... From Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Yeah, he is from Sheboygan. Uh, but he, he calls them penguins. Mm-hmm. Instead of penguins, penguins. Um, Freddie, so what'd yeah. you think of that joke? The 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 Wisconsin joke. I was cracking up. Sheboygan. I was laughing so hard because, like, I have like my 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 bit is like whenever I drive through Sheboygan, um, I'm like, "What's up, everybody? It's Sheboygan. It's Sheboygan. <laughs> yeah, it's Sheboygan. Um, cool. Uh, yeah. So, what are some fun things about this movie that you enjoyed and why'd you pick it for mockumentary mockumentary so to get into one of the big talking points that we have in our doc is that that will lead into why i picked it this movie is the rosetta stone to who i am as a person (laughs) i love penguins penguins are my favorite animal second to turtles and I just love this movie. This movie is a movie that I watched a lot as a kid because when my mom uh, was a receptionist at this construction company, I think, um, or dealt with wood and things, uh, there there was a summer where I couldn't go to camp, but I couldn't stay home. So I had to go to her for work. And so I would just chill in the front lobby and I brought my portable DVD player. And that is where I just like, fell in love with certain movies like Madagascar, Pirates of the Caribbean 2, Lion King 1 and a half, this movie, because they had a shit ton of special features and like entertained me as a kid. Other than the movie itself, when I got bored of the movie, I watched the special features. And this one was always on um, because it's just a fun movie. And then with the Rosetta Stone thing, keep going, it's because like the soundtrack to this movie oh my gosh like makes so much sense of why i'm such a huge pop punk fan yeah (laughs) like it's this movie and every movie that like i think we kind of saw as kids of like you know big fat liar or whatever like kids late for school oh no and it starts playing the middle (laughs) middle. (laughs) 2007 needle drop after needle drop after needle drop i was like oh my god bringing me back specifically green day like two green day needle drops back to back first green day song that dropped i was like the, oh 2000 the green day song but then the time favorite quote uh i don't understand why everyone has to be so judgmental i understand why mom's being judgmental because i think she cares partially think that she partially cares everyone else is looking at me like cody's a bum cody's this cody's that cody's me bro let me be me when is that gonna start <laughs> whenever tomorrow <laughs> oh my god uh yeah drive was crazy Mm -hmm. um like i just like it it like because like when i was in college like by the end of high school slash college was when i really got into my music taste of like loving 21 pilots panic at the disco i had my middle school phase in college like freddie (laughs) kind of knows this yeah and so like i was but then like there i would like like, watch these movies and go already yeah like I would watch these movies and go, oh, like, that's where, like, 
I love this like kind of style of music because <laughs> like I just kept watching these music like the Green Day drop and everything of being like yeah that's why I like Green Day because of Surf's Up or like all these other ones they're like sub sublime of like with Scooby Doo and so yeah mm-hmm. like it it's just a movie that like understands and then the other Rosetta Stone thing is that I am a like I'm a huge at the time I was a huge champion of Shia LaBeouf. I loved Shia LaBeouf as a kid. He was just like, anything that he was in, I was like basically seated for. Loved him in this, loved him in Transformers, loved him in Disturbia, Eagle Eye, Holes. Like his yeah. his whole run in the early 2000s, I just like, for some reason, I'm like, that's my guy. Did you like, watch like, Even this Stevens? Is, uh, reruns. I I wasn't at See, the age just, where they like, were coming me out. Because I asked Freddie that the other so, yeah. day. And he was like, no, I never saw even Stevens. And I was like, how are you like, I, I don't know. Like, like even Stevens was like Shia LaBeouf's like mm-hmm. intro to everything. And he was, yeah. uh, I, I, I was obsessed with even Stevens. I will even say one beans. thing about, I will say one thing about Shia LaBeouf, which is Shia LaBeouf is one of those tragic stories of children in Hollywood who are exploited and working probably way too hard for how young they are and yeah. now has kind of turned into a crazy person um and that's that's also very diminutive i don't that's not necessarily yeah. what i mean i just mean like he the thing like he he does some things that are questionable and i i think i just i have a lot of sympathy for him not not in the sense that like i'm gonna forgive everything that he does but i just think that he's a product of the industry and being exploited as a child and he probably has a lot of trauma and uh a lot of um mental health issues because of it yeah and i just you know with with him it's just like man he's got so much talent and it just sucks that like he just kind of does some questionable things and um you know i'm all i'm 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 all for grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. and you know as long as you are working to do better <laughs> have you ever seen there's a there's a clip of there's an interview clip of shia labeouf talking about his wife yeah and like when are you talking he about was... mia, mia goth because or, yes. or is it like or, yeah mia yeah um Cause he's taught like, there's a clip where he's talking about when he was in, um, I believe it was rehab and it was like, he talks about how, like the reason why he, he is like, so like devoted to her is like, she was the one person that showed up. Cause like they had, they had like, basically they had like broken up because of like all of the strife in their relationship. And then he's like in this rehab and he had done all these things. And, you know, he was even like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't forgive me. And like they were starting to have like people's family members from these yeah. rehab groups come in and everybody had family members coming in except for him. And then on like the fifth or sixth week, like he was just like, I'm not going anymore. And then they like convinced him to come and she was there like even before his parents. And like it's if you it, if you find the the clip of it, it's really like he's like crying when he's talking about this. clip. Yeah, it's really, just... you know, it's touching. So, yeah. I think it's it's fine, you know, to say that you can, I mean, I don't know, like, even if you want to root for him now, like, you can root for him to make better choices and, and 
be better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, my even at the time, my things I mean, with like two thousand seven. I have a, I have a thing where it's called "That's My Guy," where it's like I'll root for this guy. I don't support like you said, like I don't support any of the bad stuff. Like, don't be an asshole and stuff. But the thing I have is like, try to make the good the good stuff. Yeah. One of my guys is Michael Bay. I want him to make a good movie. I know he has it in him. At some point, I know he has it in him. Like, like I, I love, I love the guy. But it's like, dude, you gotta win me over, man. And Ambulance was a good start, and that's what I mean. It's like he's my guy. Where I'm like, hopefully your next movie wins me over. Don't make another Transformers like movie next. And so it's just like, yeah. So like, I, I have those guys where it's like with Shyla, it's like, yeah, like I love love is a loose term but i liked when he did that like film festival where he watched all his movies movies, and stuff and live streamed it yeah and then like there's the bit well there's the bit where like he's just like sleeping or just like upset when it gets to the transformers movies but then when it got to holes he was like fully engaged like the best yeah and then even now like they did the reunion and he showed up and he you know he was talking to everybody and it was just like it's so heartwarming like how much how much he he likes that yeah but yeah like with this movie it's with surfs up like it's just that era of like dominance that shia had and like even the voice cast in general of like you can tell the reason Jeff Bridges, who plays Big Z, is cast because it's like, well, this is basically the dude. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. the dude slash like parents are gonna go see this the movie, dude. so that's what parents would go see. It. It's like, well, it's got Jeff Bridges. I mean, I'll go see this. And then like with John uh, Hader, like we were saying, like this is like when he did Napoleon Dynamite, and then maybe by this time was Blades of Glory, like where the surgeons of that of like uh, bench warmers and all that of his surgeons of fa- uh, fame came. So it's just like you kind of get, I mean, like a lot of animated movies are stacked with, you know, famous celebrities. But I think like what makes this movie stand out is how much of a time capsule famous these people were, if that makes sense. Of like yeah, you can, it you really can see, is a time you can see capsule. the rise. Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah, even Zoe Deschanel was kind of having her, yeah. you know. Off of Elf. Pretty, pretty, I mean, three years after Elf and, um, you know, doing her rom-com thing but yeah i think she's kind of in that era as well um but yeah i you know to take this back to you know what this movie is about i really enjoyed one um how much this movie really um pays attention to the sport of surfing even as like an animation film it's not you know like you're not getting footage of people surfing you're not like teaching actors how to surf it's definitely an animated film but um some of the voice acting for like the common the commenters are actual surfers Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. um yep kelly slater and um there's another person i don't know his name but um, I I like the inclusion of them and like um, uh, the, there's there's a scene kind of not towards the end, but it's like during um, Mavericks, Cody Mavericks um, training sequence. Yeah. When uh, Big Z is like saying like, this is this is why we surf. We don't surf to compete or to 
um, you know, score points or, you know, get fame or whatever it might be, trophies, which we'll get into trophies later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's because we enjoy it because it makes us feel good and like getting into the and then you just hear like it just like transitions into like actual surfer commentary yeah like famous surfers who are just like talking about why they love it i was like that's really cool yeah that was like a big it adds an air like an air of authenticity to it yes uh i really enjoyed that another point yeah that can go into my one of my points i think might surprise people like you're bringing this level of like it, like like film analysis into a 2007 animated penguin kids movie but like masculinity yeah is like a thing that i get out of this movie of like growing up i never uh regret anything and stuff but like mainly it's like i don't blame i don't blame anybody and things parents or whoever but like growing up it felt like pressure having a last name with a famous football player from the Chicago Bears to be like, oh, you have to play football. Because <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if you got that jersey? And me being the kid that I am, I wasn't that athletic. Like I was athletic pretty young, but by this point in middle school, I knew I like I sucked at football. <laughs> but I played it because I was like, well, Maybe I can be part of the cool kids. Like Cody, I felt like, oh, like, may, like this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to win trophies. We're supposed to do this thing. And it wasn't until, like, growing up and seeing this with, like, grown-up eyes, this movie, of, like, oh, I based a lot of my life from this movie of, like, don't do something unless, like, you really love it. It's not about, like, the competition. Like, yes, competition is a thing, but a lot of people do stuff because they love the sport. Yeah. Like, they, like, like we're saying, like, with Big Z's, like, he didn't care about the trophies. He doesn't care about that thing. He just, like, to win that stuff was a bonus. He yeah. just liked to surf. And yeah. it's like, oh, like, that's great. Because even, like, not even equating it to football of, like, not doing football senior year because I knew I was going to get benched and I didn't want my grandma to see me on the sideline, you know, for that year. Cause I'm like, that would suck. But then even like family members or people coming up and being like, Oh, you love movies so much. Why don't you work at a movie theater? And I'm like, because then I would get annoyed because then it's a job. It isn't exactly. like, like if I worked at, the, if I worked at the Regal, I would just like, I'd be so jaded by this point of like, why would I go to the movies? Cause like, I like, yeah, it's another blockbuster. Yeah. Whereas, like, I like this as a hobby. I like this as, like, this thing. And so it's like, yeah. yes, like, a lot of people say, like, the best jobs are the jobs where it doesn't feel like a job. And I do agree with that. But it is something of, like, I knew early on, especially, like, at that young age, and I feel like I equated to this movie of, like, yeah, only pursue something if you love it and want to make it a job. You've got to make sure that you love it. Yeah. Like, you love it. Yeah. Like Big Z. Where it's like, like Big Z, like he didn't even, like Big Z, where like he didn't even think that it was a job. He was just like, yeah, I mean, serpent man, like, come on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important, and I think it's a great message for the the main audience of this movie, which is younger people. Mm -hmm. I would even say, I wouldn't even say like, I think it might be a little closer to like maybe eight, nine, ten, 
than it is like you know little kids yeah um i think this is more of a mature kind of yeah there's definitely some jokes that are very unlike like the the yeah. peeing scene i was yeah. like what the yeah, exactly. fuck <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, it, it is like that. Yeah. And I would just and say, like, like the uh, the sensor bar on yeah. the the what is it? What is that animal? What is the dude supposed to be? What kind of animal is he? Is he supposed to be like a gopher or something? Um, I think so. Yeah, something like that. Or a beaver. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's a really. There's a lot of good messages here, just about like you know, um, you know, if anybody is feeling like a lot of pressure from the people around them, like there is a there is a way out there's another option there's something yeah. else that you can do yeah um and uh and it's, and it's like not like your passions yeah. it's not yeah yeah it's 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 not it's like really something where like mm-hmm. yeah because like the basic the basic thing that i think i would get from like a kid is like yeah like you know like it's it's like any movie it's like cars it's like a lot of the like a lot of animated movies where it's like pursue your dreams and like you know all that kind of stuff like it is an underdog story and things and it's like a typical like sports you know movie but like like i was saying like with this masculinity stuff and, and these like broader themes that i'm bringing to it now it's stuff of like i kind of talked about years ago of like you gotta teach yourself these movies like like a lot of movies don't hold your hand they don't go like well this is what we mean and end of story there's a lot of movies where you can watch them and go, oh, wait, I never thought about this or, oh, like there's this. And like, I remember specifically like working the uh, IT at NMU, the college that I went to, that me and Freddie went to. Uh, I had to host, uh, like I had to monitor the mics for this uh, Native American uh, meeting that that they were having. And they ended up getting to this point where they were talking about representation for them and like, uh, this mother came up and said like she kind of got upset that like they went to go see a Marvel movie and there still isn't Native American representation in there. Mm-hmm. And then her daughter asked, when is that going to happen? And she didn't know. And I went up to her like afterwards and I said, you don't have to take anything what I say. I know I'm a white guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I'm a white man. And like, like you, like you can tell me no, fuck off. Like I'm okay with that. But I told her, I'm like, you know, a lot of these stories are more than just the basic thing i'm like at that point into the spider-verse came out and i said that point of that movie is anyone can wear the mask yeah yeah. that it wasn't saying that a black man can be spider-man it's saying anybody yeah can be spider-man and and then like explaining other movies that i thought had similar messages and when she heard that she was like i didn't even think about that and i'm like exactly it's about putting your message into a story and telling that to your kids is a lot more powerful than just being like, well, that's Star Wars. Cause you hear a lot of people talk about Star Wars, what that means to them or Marvel or anything. And with this movie, it's like, like me of like bringing this whole, like, let the, let the, you know, let the water flow, you know, like, oh, like, you know, it's whatever, man. Like, like what we're saying, like the dude, you know, from Big Lebowski (laughs) that like, learning this early on is so important but it was something that i had to teach myself not like i'm not blaming my parents to be like why didn't they teach me this you know like after watching this movie why didn't they think of this it is something of like you have to do that and if you are thinking these thoughts of like how come x y and z isn't happening they might be happening in subtle ways in other movies and media and stuff and it's bringing that baggage that can grow 
sometimes I think about it and I think about the things that I know and not just like, oh, lessons that I've learned, but like actual things that I know, facts. <laughs> um, a lot of that didn't come from my parents and a lot of that didn't come from being at school. A lot of that came from my ass sitting down and watching a movie yeah. mm -hmm. and how much that how much I've learned from this medium of art um, in a lot of ways is kind of awesome. We've been jocking movies a lot on this on this episode. <laughs> yeah, really, really. I can um, I can move into another another point. Go ahead. Of like uh, talking about the when when you were talking about the that that specific scene of them uh, looking at the sunset and being like, oh, like you know, this is what it's about, man. Like it's about this. The animation in this movie is so good for being really, 2007. Specifically really like the, the water. Shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Specifically the water animation. And this is like, to put it in perspective, uh, 2004 is Shark Tale. And Ugh. also <laughs> that time is Finding Nemo. Mm -hmm. But then for, so like, this is Sony's second movie that they made. Again, the first movie they made was Open Season, the bear and antler movie with Martin Lawrence and Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. And so this is them trying to compete with DreamWorks and Pixar. And so by this point, Pixar is like mastering 3D animation with you have Toy Story, Bugs Life, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, and Cars. All those movies have come out before Surf's Up. And then with... Uh, with DreamWorks, they're struggling to catch up with Pixar with uh, Shrek being their biggest one. But then you have like Mrs. Like uh, flushed away over the hedge. <laughs> but yeah. with this movie being so good, we're like, it is like spotty at some points of like, yeah, that's just old animation. It's like Toy Story where you're like, well, you know, that's the times. Like some of the fur is a little, you know, like put put together it's not as technical like monsters inc where it's like real you know every inch of their body is points of fur but like it's just like the thing that again like blew me away this uh watch was just the water yeah because i'm like yeah. i know how crazy water is especially living in a world after avatar 2 where <laughs> what a digital is like still perfecting the water and there was a whole discourse of whether a shot was fake or real <laughs> for like water. So like with this, I'm like, God damn, like it's like it's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just so good. And that with going to a point for Freddy, like the cinematography in this. Oh, just like how is that it a matches. Segway? Segway. <laughs> segway. No, I, like I really I really like the last shot specifically I um of of Z and, and Cody kind of riding off, riding through the tunnel into yeah. the sunset. It's so really beautiful. pretty and it looks really good. Mm -hmm. They put a lot of effort, especially into that sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, and like it works because it's like they're talking about that feeling earlier on in the movie of like being in the tunnel. Yeah, it's like and a payoff. Like yeah. It. Yeah. Um, no, I do. I like, I really, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed some like the cinematography in it. Like it is funny because normally when we see GoPro shots in movies, it's like it's like super gimmicky. But the fact that it's animated and they were like, we're going to go for some GoPro shots with the like <laughs> surfboard POV cameras where it's like, oh, this is this is supposed to look like a GoPro. 
and it works really well like in the scenes that they use it i'm like okay mm-hmm. okay yeah like when they're when when um cody and lena are like doing that 2d ride basically yeah uh not 2d ride but you know what i mean like where they're like they that <laughs> yes. sequence of, it was like a polar express moment yeah. i was just like the, wa- the wabba yeah yeah and the they kind of they kind of lost their i think that was like definitely for kids and that was like mm-hmm. they kind of lost their mockumentary style with that because i was like yeah. how is a cameraman on this ride with them yeah. you know like i you know i, I was kind of poking a little bit at that mm-hmm. but like you know it, that's for the kids well it could have yeah. been birds um, yeah so that could have been recording uh, yeah so yeah so like gopro yeah. you know aspects of it definitely understand yeah. that but yeah but it's like it and it's funny like the scenes where it is like they f- for it being animated it is impressive the the scenes that are like really blatantly supposed to be like this is a mockumentary yeah it is it they do it really well yeah. like this like the ur- the sea urchin scene oh which one one of the funniest interview cutaways <laughs> stepped on me More stepped like on dancing. he was dancing all over Look, here broken broken <laughs> gone gone broken gone. <laughs> so stop on me you kidding me he was dancing on me <laughs> but then the it's like that was a great line it's like you that. can they got like the camera shake like you could tell it's like oh this is supposed to be like somebody holding the camera and then like the boom mic like the couple shots where they have the boom mic come yeah. into the frame yeah. like it's just really, I really funny I, n- I noted um when, when it was nighttime how they had mm-hmm. the camera light yeah on the characters yeah. i was like that's a like nice especially touch. when they're following yeah. chicken joe yeah um <laughs> when when lena's carrying cody back to z's little hideaway mm-hmm. and it's like kind of really dark and i think it's raining or something and it's just like they have the light yep. on and i was like oh that's that's a detail that is really that's you put a lot of effort into that you thought about it like what would it look like if you were recording this moment yeah. on a camera or even like you know? I don't even want to say tricks, but like, you know, things that would have been like in a documentary or just even mockumentary of like, like when they find Chicken Joe and it's that quick pan, like up and like, oh shit, there's Chicken Joe. And then like we said, like, you know, shaky cam up, like it feels like yeah. someone's holding the camera. Yeah. Like you see mm-hmm. that all the time, like in like, you know, the office or yeah. Parks and Rec. Yeah. And yeah. Like it's just like that small trick to like be like, oh, like there he is. <laughs> like, boom. Like yeah, that quick the, pan stuff. The camera, like, the so camera good. is, the camera is diegetic. Yeah. Like it is a, it it's is a part a, of the story. Yeah. It is a part of the, it's like a character basically. Mm-hmm. What are some, besides the sea urchin, yeah. Uh, what are some other memorable, moments and We're, quotes that that we want to talk about repeating well, the wipe the other one before before <laughs> whoa, 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 it gets whoa, whoa, to wipe out <laughs> freddie is uh i love chicken joe of cody i know he's out here i could feel it in my nuggets my nuggets <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> like i can feel mm. it in my nuggets is something i i probably have said like so many times and people don't clock it of like yeah. Like that's a surf's up thing. It's like me Freddie knows this. Of me doing the line from Back to the Future. <laughs> Dork thinks he's gonna drown. Dork <laughs> thinks he's gonna drown. What's up with the life preserver? Yeah. <laughs> um I really I really liked the shiver pull bit because because they were off like they were fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and like Liverpool, England yeah. is a also fishing a town. fishing town. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh that's perfect they, yeah. they call it shiver pole that was a great bit i loved it and they they 
referenced it often and i was laughed every time i was like ha, shiver pull the um i do have one i do have one one quote unquote big question to ask but i'm gonna save it for the end but we got to talk about the ladies the, la- the ladies the we- trophies <laughs> the, the ladies who is voiced by the dude the so like like not even trivia but like who is voiced by the napoleon dynamite guy the the american the american pants guy the oh yeah guy. yeah Rex Quando. The roundhouse kick in the face while i'm wearing these bad <laughs> <Yeah>. boys <laughs> so it's the rex Quando guy if yeah. you've been on tiktok in the last i don't know four years um you might have heard a sound of um these are my ladies the ladies tank and it is basically uh what's his name what's the penguin's name the penguin's name tank Tank. yeah he's he's just showing off his trophies and he's like this is jill and he's voiced by will arnett no Mm. he's not voiced by will arnett there's another one no not will arnett we said we said you already said it but yeah Yeah. you already said it Um, he's in a billion things he is definitely a character actor yeah he is this is jill this is my lady amy this is (laughs) little Susie, brianna you know why we call her brianna right yeah it's a long story shaniqua helga miss kitty Jeannie, i dream of her Teresa, this is Teresa right here dirty girl this spot this spot is for my special lady leah i'm gonna say that one one more time leah Ooh, leah. yeah this is my sweet sweet lady and his mom goes are you talking to your trophies again no mom <laughs> I, or no she's like are you polishing your trophies yeah, again yeah, he's yeah. like no i'm not polishing my trophies I'm talking to my I'm friends. I'm going to polish my trophies later. <laughs> so you might have heard um, that bit. And yeah, we were watching it. Mm-hmm. We both had the same epiphany. Epiphany. Oh, like, holy shit, this is where the oh. fucking line's from. <laughs> I did not know that yeah. that's what that was from. <laughs> it's God. such a good, it's such a good bit. Yeah. Like, I really liked that. The, um, go ahead. I love uh, the banter between Cody and his brother. Just a oh yeah um i i really like the banter every time the every time the scene would cut to the three little baby penguins mm-hmm. um oh specifically so when they're good. talking about tank and they're like he is not a winner no he is not a winner <laughs> he's not a winner okay or when they're talking about or like yeah when that little one the little the tinier one like I guess he like toots or something and there's like oh is that you and she Again? goes he needs to go to the bathroom right now yeah. and he just like walks away i just like those little details you know those like little moments that are just kind of sprinkled in there the, the cutaways are really like the cutaways are really good in this yeah. movie like they're re- like they're funny they're little bits like it's so good my, my, i think one of my favorite jokes of like the whole movie is literally when they're interviewing um I can't believe I don't remember her name now. Uh, love interest. Lena. Lena. When they're interviewing Lena, Lena and the one penguin that keeps the one baby penguin that keeps trying to drown itself is yeah. in the bathroom <laughs> and literally Arnold. like turns around, stands there for like one full second, and just like whips backwards as hard as possible into the water. <laughs> I was yeah. I was Arnold, dying. I, yeah, she's like Arnold, was, not again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those, oh. those were great things. I loved, I loved those little moments. One little, one little uh, sprinkle of 
of visual metaphor, which I thought, which I really appreciate. I'm like, this is a kid's movie, but this is, this is clever enough for like, like kids might not pick up on it right away, but when they get older, it'll be like, Oh, with the, um, the, the interview when they're interviewing the gopher dude, and he's literally standing on the heads of two penguins while he's talking about his fame and success. (laughs) I'm like, Hey, I see you. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, speaking of adult humor that might have gone over children's heads is when it's it's when Cody and Tank face off for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Cody, they're like going back and forth and Tank is just like, yeah, I'm going to beat you, whatever. And Cody just calls him pecker face. Yeah. And he just like stops like mid taunt and is like pecker face and the wave comes in and i was like oh that's good that's good uh, yeah <laughs> like it really it really took tank off guard he yeah like, oh, what <laughs> do you know what this movie's rated what do you call me <laughs> that was really that was a great moment mm-hmm. for me i wrote that one down <laughs> anything else any um, other moments any other quotes that we like because i i yeah i think i'm out of from what I remember, you got some quotes, nah, Connor. The big, nah, the big, the big ones we, we kind of nailed. I mean, yeah. The, yeah, the one, the one that was like notorious, like on the playground, said, "Step on me, step on me." Yeah, <laughs> step on. Gone, me. gone, broken, broken. Yeah, then, yeah. Then, <laughs> he like, was dancing on me. But then, like, yeah, like the resurgence of not just the "These Are My Ladies" on TikTok, but like at the beginning of last year there was like a or like even like close to like halloween or there was some point where people were giving surfs up its flowers for what it deserves and it's just the the cody line that i gave let me be me let me be me bro let me be me yeah (laughs) just like people dressing up as cody and like it's just so good like this movie this movie's great there's a reason why i still have my build-a-bear yeah cody so love it i feel like i'm being gaslit a little bit by um looking up the soundtrack for this movie and i don't know why but i'm looking i was looking up the soundtrack and i looked down like multiple different sources for just a list of all the songs the green day songs are not listed on any of these That's websites interesting. and the thing is i'm no, like because there they are don't two. but they're also not they're only the music versions like there's no words in them yeah there's no words no they yeah. play welcome they play welcome to paradise that's but, a green day but song they play it but there's no words. no they play it with lyrics because i was like oh shit because they're playing it well welcome i just remember the paradise. first when they play holiday at the very beginning yeah. it's just the music because they not play the words. yeah they yeah. do play the audio for that but then it's it's like almost immediately after the scene where they play the holiday riff they're playing welcome to paradise and it's like a short you know they only play the song for like maybe no, 15 right. seconds yeah. but it has lyrics i yeah. was like oh man there's like I'll multiple to... green day songs in this movie give me a moment because i'm gonna it's off the the yeah. what is it the jesus in suburbia album no i know i'm Let's, um... like the thing is is the album could be different like the actual released album is not gaslighting you it could just be uh licensing yeah you know of just like them being like nah like we're just not gonna like yeah we'll license it to the movie like the theoretical thing um but then like to distribute like the songs like that like in a cd form they're probably like nah fuck you yeah but i'm hold on i'm i'm going to the end of the movie to see also not being a fake fan it's the wrong album that that's on but whatever connor while you're looking for that uh freddie why don't you get into what you thought about the movie and your ratings okay um 
This will just yeah, be a okay, quick so question because it it's like okay, half, yeah, sorry. A, half a bit. But I'm right here. It says right. music at the end. It credits holiday. Okay, great. Uh, let's let's move and welcome to, to, to our thoughts. Since you went last last time, you'll yeah. go first this time. I do need to know, though, um, why is Cody Maverick a macaroni penguin and his parents are not? That was my big question. Anybody? Visual. I don't have a clue. Visual. I just think it's funny. I didn't think of that until we started recording this. And I'm like, he really is. Like, he is specifically a certain type of penguin. And his parents are definitely not that. Anyway. It's anyway. It's because, like, it's, well, it, it I can looks cooler. It. It's because, it, well, it looks cooler, but it makes him stand out because he wants to be different in that town where everyone looks the same. It's a yeah. boring town. Everyone's doing the same thing. He wants, he's the different, he's, you know, the outcast, the, out, yeah. the outstanding one. And if you make his family look the same visually for kids, they wouldn't clock that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Way Whereas to if interpret if, that, Seamare. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> yes. 100% right. I mean, I get it. I kind of yeah. just asked that as like, I'm not going to lie, kind of asked that as like a bit because I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Anyway. Well, like I do, I do understand you because it is weird because it's like, yeah, then how, or another hypothetical swap, swapped eggs. Swap eggs. It could have been, you remember? Eggs are a hard job. Hatching eggs is a hard job. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. So anyway, I I enjoyed this. It's been so long since I've watched this movie. I watched it when it came out. I enjoyed it, um, but I really didn't watch it all that much, and I haven't seen it. I don't think I've seen it since then, really. Um. So this is like the first rewatch, and I mean, I don't even know. Thirteen years. Well, it came out in two thousand seven. That's seventeen years. Yeah. So, how um, old were you in two thousand seven? In two thousand seven, uh, eleven. Okay. Yeah, eleven. Nineteen ninety six. Okay. Oh wait, are you ninety six? Is out there? I'm ninety six. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would have been eleven too. Yeah. Or just turning eleven. Yeah. Um. But so really, honestly, you two were really in the perfect. Yeah, we were like the target group. demo yeah. for this movie when it yes. came out. 10, 11, 12 year old boys. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm um, kidding. Little girls <laughs> love this movie, too. Obviously. Uh, but I would say I, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I have fun. I think it's a cute movie. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to rate a movie like this. It is kind of hard because like, I mean, if I want to be like purely objective, I would probably say like three and a half stars, but it I don't want that to come across like yeah. a negative thing. No, like, it's, like a... it's just, you know, it's like I've seen a lot of movies that, you know, I feel differently about, but I like I enjoy this movie. I would have no qualms with putting on putting on surfs up I'm like we're gonna have a good time watching it literally, you know literally um <laughs> i'll go next since uh to your movie connor and you can kind of yeah. cap us off but um i'm i'm probably in the exact same boat as you i don't have any now i could get i could get really critical i could get really critical and i could point out a couple of things that make this movie you know uh and I don't want what a little problematic not problematic <laughs> not problematic just like imperfect in terms of mm. like storytelling or just like whatever but like we didn't I could, talk about those penguins in the jungle um, but I have to remember that the target audience is children yeah and so like some of those things are intentional but I mean like for example 
um, like as soon as literally the moment, like, because I haven't seen this movie before, never. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, I went into this movie very blind. Uh, but as soon as Lena brought Cody to Geek, I was like, oh, that's Z. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. so I know exactly how this movie's going to play out. That's Z. He didn't die. Uh, and he's going to become a coach slash mentor to Cody. And I, I wrote down training sequence incoming. Like, yeah. you know, it's predictable. Yeah. And that's just because it's a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I could well, also a sports those things. Movie. And, and yeah. yeah, it's going to follow, <laughs> you know, those tropes of, you know, training yeah. and things like that. Um, but in the end of the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Um, yeah. You know, the same thing. I think you said, I think you specifically said the term hand holding earlier, Connor. And yeah. that's actually something I did write down, which is I do think there is a bit of hand holding and it's at the end. And again, again, I'm being hypercritical and I'm not <laughs> trying to say anything bad against, against about this movie. But I'm not holding a point, gun at you. I know. It's fine. There's this point, there's this, I'm just trying to. This is an to, audio podcast. You never yeah. know. <laughs> um. <clears throat> But yeah, I think there's this point where um, he's really disappointed by Z and he says something like like Cody says the word father. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't need to say that because you already know that Cody's father died. You already mm-hmm. know that Cody is insecure about it, or at least there's some sort of pain that he's carrying about his father dying. Yeah. And I don't need yep. Cody to say the word father for me to know that Z has become a father figure. Yeah. Um, that's that's a little hand-holding. But again, children might need that, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, those are just like little nitpicky things that I was like, I could be hypercritical about this, but there is nothing that would keep me from starting Surfs Up at any point because I just I thought it was really fun and really cute. Let's and go! Yeah, I really I there's I mean it's it's adorable. Yeah, three and a half stars. Nice. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Wait, ASMR fist bump. <laughs> I hope y'all heard. That. Hopefully, it's like that's <laughs> just like two like no sound. <laughs> Yeah. I have been dreading Emma's review. Dreading because, my review? Because <laughs> most stressing. of the time most of the time she posts her review on Letterboxd before we record. Yeah, I haven't. And <laughs> I she it hasn't posted her review of Surf's Up. And I told Tasha today, I'm like, she still hasn't she didn't done like it. it. I'm she like, didn't she hated like it. it. <laughs> I'm like, she hated it. She's waiting for the podcast to say, actually, Connor. Nah. <laughs> so for it's you to be like, no, this no, is good. I'm like, oh, thank God. No. The, the issue is, I watched it today, and I haven't had time yeah. to get. No, because I knew. I, yeah, I knew. I knew you were gonna watch it pretty close to the podcast, but I was like, I've been, I've been looking, I've been stalking. Like, when's she gonna drop it? When's she gonna drop it? She hated it. She hated it. So, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. No, no I like really this. Didn't hate it at all. This movie for me, like I said, is the Rosetta Stone to, there's a lot of movies that are the Rosetta Stone to who I am as a person, what I like and and things. But like, this is like one of the top ones of like, I, it's a comfort movie. It's a movie I put on constantly. And I think it's just that era of like, we were kind of saying, like kind of jokingly saying of like, yeah, this this demographic work of getting boys to see animated movies. Because (laughs) when I was a young, kid like when we were young kids freddie like a lot of the movies were targeted towards 
girls because they were princess movies and musicals and things like that. There weren't really a lot of targeted boy movies. And I feel like those are the ones that our generation kind of gravitates towards of like liking a lot. But there are some like going back to rewatching Lilo and Stitch because that is t- one of Tasha's favorite movies. Lilo that there are Stitch some is a phenomenal movies. Yeah, like there are some movies yeah. that That's are incredible. that are you know were potentially targeted for boys, but girls also like too. Like uh, an- animation can be both. It doesn't have to be for boys and girls. It can be for both. Yeah. But this movie definitely like its marketing and everything hit it hit its head on the nail for me of like again i still have to build a bear like i love this movie i like after right. this after this watch i'm like i need to get a surf's up tattoo like Aww. i already know what it's gonna be is it gonna be the like, show with the z on it no it's gonna be one of the penguins with the surfboard at the beginning like the the uh agent like hieroglyphs oh okay that's really cute Aww. yeah and so yeah like this movie is a 9 out of 10 for me nice. it's not a 10 out of 10 because Obviously, the 10 out of 10 anime movie for me is Spongebob. But we'll get to yeah. that when we get there. <laughs> but, like, I do think, like, its hang-ups are, like, what Emma somewhat alluded to of, like, the nitpicks of, like, it does break the illusion of the yeah. uh, mockumentary at points. And there are points where, like, it shifts into mockumentary, into sports yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's kind of like, well, like, if I had to critique it on like a mockumentary level, like it's a nine out of ten for me because like yeah. all this baggage that I have. But like, yeah, I can't. I can admit that like, it's not. I don't even want to say the greatest mockumentary, but it's like it does like lose its steam at the end. But to me, I yeah. do think it picks up its steam because of its message that it's trying to nail that we nailed on this of like you know the the whole like do it because you love it. Don't do it because you think you you love it. Do it exactly. because you love it. Yeah, that, so, yeah, I was like, I would say like really like because like my biggest my and it's not like huge but like if I was gonna have a nitpick with it it would just be that um you know the the surf competition is like really fast yeah. it's like they they surf one wave and it's like that's the finals so I was like oh damn yeah there's not a whole lot of yeah. sports in this sports movie yeah. but yeah I mean, but it's also like obviously you know that's not things. the message yeah. But. <laughs> It's about other things for sure. Well, um, hey, great pick, Seabear. Yeah. It's a I'm good so glad. One. I'm so glad I can get more people for this movie. That's the whole point of this podcast for me is to sharing. champion these movies yeah. that yeah. don't get their love. Yeah, sharing things <laughs> with people. All right. Well, we're going to move into our upcoming section where we tell you what's upcoming before we wrap it up because we need to um next so i'll just kind of give you like a month at a glance if that's all right with everybody but um it's all right with me yeah um well basically the next two episodes of the month um we are going to move on to my pick for mockumentary um and the mockumentary that i have chosen is what we do in the shadows yes directed by taika waititi and jermaine clement from 2014 and it is currently not streaming anywhere but you can rent it and you can find a copy of it or you can go to your library and and borrow it and there are lots of options for you to um watch this movie but um 
maybe you've already seen it and that would be even better because i do think what we do in the shadows is a little bit more in the mainstream in terms of at least what out of the our TV show picks. is definitely more in the mainstream than the movie. Absolutely. I would say you probably have heard of the TV show. We are not talking about the TV show. The TV show is actually based on this movie. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, the, the, I do <laughs> love the show a lot. Yeah. But so if you like the show, you are going to love the movie. <laughs> I, yeah. So I'm yeah. super excited to talk about this film what we do in the shadows and uh hopefully you guys watch it before you hear the next episode of the big picture the Following, big picture oh my god of the triple <laughs> <Wrong>. feature <laughs> it's, it's like whoa it's like, we're getting Dave. sean Fantasy in here Jake. jesus <laughs> christ y'all i'm a booking dude i'm a booking host and amanda Dobbins in here <laughs> Oh my god yeah. wow said, psych. Uh, <laughs> it was big sorry it was on my brain from earlier so uh <laughs> that's not the title of our podcast the title of our podcast is the triple is triple feature um okay <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> no, okay that's good next the the final um episode of this month uh we are going to talk about our favorite movies from 2023. Pop um, shit, baby. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna share our top ten from the year. Oh no! So Freddie has a lot of homework to do. Because oh. <laughs> I don't know if Freddie has seen ten movies. I don't think so. Not from 2023. Um, don't forget, you two. I have a list that I shared with you a long time ago of just about every movie that has come out this year. So you can keep track of what came out and doing where a, it's streaming. I already doing a lot it on of them are streaming now. Don't don't look at me. Look at Freddie. You already called him out on the group chat. That's more of a Freddie thing. Oh, that's definitely a Freddie <laughs> thing. Um I think Connor I use can keep up with the new releases on his own. But yeah. um yeah, so that's the rest of January. That's what you have to look forward to these next couple of episodes. So uh, stay tuned. We will begin to fun stuff. And then after that, we'll reveal our February um, theme, which we, you know, we already know what it is, but we're not going to tell you yet. So you'll have to wait and see. You're going to have to wait and see. But yeah, um, hopefully you watch what we do in the shadows. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, I bet you didn't expect Surf's Up to be this long of an episode, but hey, well, we got I a think, lot of shit to say. I think we had a lot to say about the Golden Globes. We had a lot to say about the yes. Golden Globes, and this is this is this is a Rosetta Stone movie for Connor, so we got to talk about Good. it a little longer than normal. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Good thanks, episode everybody. Up. Follow us on um, Letterbox. Follow the podcast on Instagram. And rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast and share with your friends. Tell everybody how awesome we are so that they'll listen to us. Okay, we love you. We love you. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good day.